This episode of Innovation Heroes is brought to you by the LastPass Identity Management Security Solution and the new GoTo IT tools making IT easy. Visit goto.com and lastpass.com to learn more. Welcome to SHI's Innovation Heroes, a podcast exploring the people and businesses making a difference in our constantly disrupted world. I'm your host, Ed McNamara. We've all heard the word blockchain tossed around a lot lately. And if you're an IT leader in the enterprise space, you probably have some concerns, preconceptions, and especially if you're like me, a feeling of total, absolute confusion. Just what the heck is a blockchain anyway? And why is everyone talking about it so much? When you boil it all down, I see blockchain as a trust protocol. And if you think of the internet protocol as an information protocol, you know, you see lots of information being sent across the internet. If that information is passed through a blockchain, you can then trust it because it can never be changed. I might be a little foggy on what exactly this tech is, but I could still tell it's going to be big. Not just big when it comes to disrupting currency and the way we do finances across the globe, but also big as in major, paradigm shifting, industry shattering big. From data storage and analysis to quality control to entertainment and beyond. And like any new and innovative technology coming to the enterprise space, we need to be thinking about security and how to make blockchain work sustainably today and long into the future. And of course, how to not get left behind. We're hoping that the penetration of blockchain technology will only increase through these different verticals, right? To provide us a world that's more decentralized and more trusted. Blockchain doesn't have to be this big, scary thing. It's totally something that's within your grasp. You don't have to tear out and replace your entire stack. You can just dip your toe in the water, get familiar with the technology, and then incrementally add it to your application stacks. I need someone to walk me through a blockchain for enterprise crash course, and who better than Meta Parlikar? Meta is the CTO and co-founder of Casper Labs, which calls themselves the first fully decentralized, truly scalable blockchain designed for real-world speed and security. The Casper protocol helps enterprises use blockchain tech in unique, secure, and functional ways by demystifying what's possible when they bring blockchain services to your stack, not the other way around. Meta is a tech veteran with more than 30 years of experience. She holds a bachelor's degree in computer information systems and programming from Coleman College. Meta started working in technology in the early 1980s, building computers in the basement. For the past two decades, she's been delivering production SaaS software for large companies, including Adobe, Omniture, and Avalara. And in case all that somehow wasn't enough to impress you, she also has a black belt in karate. Meta, thanks so much for your time. Where are you joining us from today? I am coming to you from the wonderful island of Puerto Rico. That is fantastic. I'm not sure how many legitimate black belts that I know. So I, I do want to want to ask the question, you know, do you think the process of, of mastering that martial art, you know, helps in any of your day-to-day enterprise IT work or life in general? Oh, you know, absolutely. The first thing I would definitely ca- challenge you on is that I mastered anything at all. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing it taught me, right? Um, it taught me that to always be in a state of learning and that the more you think you know, the less you actually do know. 
It taught me to be, you know, to have disciplined thought and disciplined action. And yeah, I think it's been massively impactful in my life in terms of who I am today. Excellent. Excellent. Can you start by telling us a little bit about you and and your journey to Casper? Oh, gosh. Yeah. So lived in San Diego for 30 years before I moved to Puerto Rico. And I worked at a lot of, you know, iconic San Diego companies in the software space as a leader in technology. Um, And in 2017, I was approached by a former colleague to manage a team of developers building an open source blockchain. And it was through that project that I met the other co-founders and investors in Casper Labs. And we founded the company in October of 2018. And the rest is kind of history, I guess. Can you give me your elevator pitch for Casper Labs, like why it was founded? Um, What what do you do and and for, for what customers? Casper Labs was founded explicitly to build, you know, a public open source blockchain protocol, which we did, which is known as the Casper Protocol. And we wanted to couple that open source uh, technology with a professional services company that would help businesses and enterprises adopt blockchain technology. And we saw the writing on the wall that this was going to be a new emerging technology, that it was here to stay. And we looked at the landscape and saw that a lot of the open uh, permissionless blockchain protocols wouldn't meet the needs of enterprises. And so we set out to you know explicitly solve that problem. So. Full disclosure, I work at a technology company on the marketing side. So my view of some of these you know, complex concepts like crypto is Bitcoin, blockchain is often heavily influenced by buzzwords, which is, is what I'm dealing with in a, in a creative aspect. You know, For my benefit and that of listeners, just to level the playing field, can you explain to me in simple, you know, no jargon terms, how you view blockchain and, and how it works? When you boil it all down, I see blockchain as a trust protocol. And if you think of the internet protocol as an information protocol, you know, you see lots of information being sent across the internet. If that information is passed through a blockchain, you can then trust it because it can never be changed. And it's this trust that enables cryptocurrency, because if you think, you know, in order to transact value, you need a way to inject trust into the transaction. And right now you have centralized banks that do this for us. We trust banks to store and transact funds and a public permissionless blockchain replaces this trust. And it's possible to have a blockchain without any cryptocurrency at all, but not the other way around. So cryptocurrency is very much a use case of blockchain. I saw in in an interview that that you had said that you were an avid fan of the promise of decentralization and open source. Um, What what does that mean and and why why are you a fan? It used to be 15, 20 years ago, that all content was delivered in a very centralized manner. Those are the content creators, right? Disney, Hollywood, right? They all controlled the content that we saw, the music we listened to, even newspapers, right? There was a very central point of control around content. And the internet has really done a lot to decentralize it through these types of applications like YouTube, right? And even Twitter, even though they're somewhat centrally controlled, but people have a voice now and they can participate and content creators are able to express themselves and connect directly with their audience. This is something that is, you know, breaking down barriers to entry. But I don't know if, if people feel that way when they hear about blockchain be, being talked about. A hundred percent, right? It's still a new technology. So the user experience isn't quite as seamless as you would like it to. As, it, as the technology matures, we fully expect that, you know, the user experience will become much, much more mainstream. 
But even today, it's possible for many more participants in those countries that allow you know, cryptocurrency and have legislation to support it, for individuals to participate in upcoming ICOs and investing in new decentralized finance protocols, right? And there's a ton of wealth that's being created that is actually being created from the bottom up instead of top down. And typically, you know, wealth creation has been very, very tightly controlled by, you know, the level of accredited investor and above. And I see cryptocurrency and blockchain technologies being able to really lower that bar to allow average individuals to participate and save their money and really earn, you know, uh, earn wealth, right, and and protect their assets. Agreed. Um, and and I know that you know. This, so this is this is open open source and, and decentralization. But you know, your company also offers you know professional services. So how is you know Casper Labs adding to something that is you know open source concept? I believe in order for you know people in general to get the benefit of blockchain technology, that the agencies or the companies and the products that they interact with will also need to implement this right and provide the interfaces into the technology. I believe this is a necessary step. And so as such, Casper Labs is a company that's going to be working with enterprises to help them understand the technology, you know, develop some ideas around use cases and help them to go to market. And we saw this trend in the internet, you know, dot-com boom. We see it in cloud, um, early days, AWS adoption, right? It's very, very similar trend. I see the same thing happening here. And we're positioning ourselves to help enterprises get that support and that guidance so they can adopt the technology successfully. You talked about your, your 30 years in the industry and, and some of the different changes that have come about, you know, over that time from, from internet to cloud, AWS. Um, I guess the, the next obvious question is, you know, what's so different about blockchain versus other technologies that already exist and, and why should people, you know, care about that? Oh, that's a, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what makes blockchain really different? You know, when you talk about the boom bust that happened with the internet or even with cloud computing is blockchain has actually been in a very unique position to harness venture capital directly from the individual consumer, right? So blockchain actually kind of came with its own funding. Um, so that's been a very, very interesting aspect in this entire ecosystem is that there's a ton of value that's been created within the blockchain ecosystem, the public protocol ecosystem, right? When we talk about a technology, you know, uh, just by itself, what I see it doing is, you know, streamlining a lot of operations and providing some guarantees around what happened in history. And once you do that, then you can operate all that information with a lot more guarantees and a lot more trust, right? It has this potential to really streamline business operations and provide a lot of great value to the consumer when implemented correctly. Did you know that 80% of all corporate security breaches happen because employees are using and reusing weak passwords? It's no surprise then that most companies these days are being forced to buy hefty cybersecurity insurance policies. But here's the good news. If your company gets proactive, you can cut down on your insurance costs. For example, by using a password and identity management tool like LastPass, the insurance savings alone often pay for your LastPass licenses. And that means your team gets to look like a hero, saving money while keeping everyone safe at the same time. That's where the game-changing IT management and support tool GoToResolve comes in. Just like the rest of us, flexible workers are demanding even more from IT. But the IT team can't just pop over physically to fix a laptop issue anymore. They have to create a secure remote connection using chat, video, and ticketing tools, just to name a few. 
but clicking back and forth on a bunch of different products can create a huge hassle for the IT teams trying to keep things running smoothly. That's why GoToResolve has combined all the tools in a single pane of glass that can be accessed in an easy to use, one-stop IT shop. No more jumping to different platforms, remembering remote email addresses, or hunting through an inbox. GoTo is the all-in-one IT management tool that unifies device access and controls for PCs and Macs, and also ticketing and incident management for Microsoft Teams. Want to start doing more with less today? Learn more about the LastPass Identity Management Security Solution and the new GoTo IT tools making IT easy by visiting goto.com and lastpass.com. At a time when even facts are disputed, I love that blockchain is built on the idea of trust through user validation. There's still a huge people element at play here, from finding the right blockchain experts for your team to getting the C-suite on board with implementation. But I know Meta Parlekar is more than familiar with these issues, and I'm sure she has some great solutions up her sleeve. Meta. You gave an interview, and there was a great quote in there, um, you know, in in the bio for your interview. It said that um, you, especially as a CTO and a co-founder, um, it said that you it, love to inspire technical teams to solve tough problems and do their best work, right? So at the enterprise level, you know, thinking about the the people who are running and staffing IT departments, you know, how are they reacting to blockchain, and and what have you seen out there from from who you're talking to? They are very, very interested in adopting blockchain technology. I believe that CTOs and CIOs in, in large companies, enterprises, believe that the technology is here to stay, and they are looking to gain a competitive advantage by using blockchain technology. And they come to us, you know, here's what our business does. Tell us how we can use blockchain technology. What are some of the optimizations? So a lot of it is around use case ideation. And what we're finding is that in almost every enterprise, there's an opportunity to streamline and uh, optimize business processes using blockchain technology, be it public, private, or some kind of a hybrid model. Businesses are looking for two fundamental things, either to increase revenues, uh, deepen engagement, or reduce risk, right? And, and blockchain provides opportunities for both sides of this equation. I saw some of the uh, the stats from um, from some of the analysts. Um, they're they're saying that the business value of blockchain is uh, 176 billion by 2025, and that's supposed to expand to, according to one analyst, to 3.1 trillion by 2030. I mean, that's much more than than just exponential growth. I don't know. I don't even know what the word is. You know, how, how do you account for how how much that is is planned to kind of explode over a five year period? Not too far from now. I like to look at things from an engineering-centric point of view. And so having tooling and processes in place to allow ourselves to scale out and onboard more developers and more enterprises onto the technology is really what we're about, right? When we look at um, uh, co contributing to the Casper ecosystem, it's all about, is this going to 10x or 100x, allowing 100 developers to become successful, allowing 1,000 developers to become successful using the core technology, because we do see this exponential uh, increase in adoption, right? Um, and one of the reasons Casper Labs is set up is to help and usher that era in, right? To usher in decentralization, to usher in blockchain technology. When new technologies are introduced, you know, very often they're sold to the C-suite, and then you know, somebody at the C-level turns to to you know the folks in the in the IT department and say, you know, can you can you investigate this? Is that is there any disconnect between um, you know the the folks who are, who are at the staffing level or, and and the C-suite on blockchain, or is um, is everybody pretty well aligned at this point? 
So I believe developers are keenly interested in learning about blockchain technology. It's like the number one sought after job or most hired job right now on LinkedIn, if you look at the statistics. So from a development perspective, they're keenly interested. I think it's very different than what we observed in the cloud days where your network operations team was actually pushing against the cloud because they were seeing uh, those resources being you know, reabsorbed back. We're not seeing that issue at all here. We're not seeing that problem here with blockchain technology. In fact, what we're seeing is that developers are very eager to adopt. Um, additionally, you know, Casper really doesn't see blockchain technology as a tear out and replace. I built it from my perspective as one of the you know, middle managers in a fintech company or in a SaaS company that needed to select a platform protocol for use in my product. What are the things that I would need, right? I would need to be able to maintain the code. I needed to be able to hire people to support it um, without using some bespoke programming language. I needed to be able to test it, right? So there was all of these engineering first principles. I needed to be able to secure it. I need to be able to monitor it, make sure that it was upgradable, all of these things, right? And so that's all built into both the public Casper protocol as well as any private implementation. So from a stakeholder perspective, we took a really holistic view and we started out right from the beginning to build something that internal stakeholders could get around, right? And uh, this has resonated extremely well with the companies that we've spoken with because they under these, these are the things they worry about, right? Is that they're going to bring a, a technology and it's not like, Oh, I'm just selecting a vendor, right? When you, when you onboard a technology, like you are getting into a relationship with that provider. Um, you're trusting mission critical processes with them. And that, that is nothing to be toyed with. So we take it very seriously. So we've just been talking about kind of the concepts and, and maybe even some governance. Can you share with us some of the, the, the coolest and more exciting use cases you've seen with your clients or in the enterprise space in general? Gosh, there's a couple of really cool use cases that we've been working on. So I'll talk about Metacask because everybody loves whiskey, right? I don't drink whiskey, but a lot of people like I've whiskey. I've heard. I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Metacask, actually, um, they sell rare whiskey casks. And they integrated with a public blockchain. They've integrated with the Casper blockchain. And they track the ownership of these rare whiskey casks, which obviously have special storage requirements, right? Um, but they allow them to be bought and traded and sold via their marketplace, right? Using auction infrastructure that was also built on Casper. And this unique auction technology allows participants to just trust the blockchain rather than any single entity. So Metacask was able to provide its customers much greater price discovery by integrating blockchain technology as well as these you know, unique auctions that we have on Casper. Um, in the more enterprisey space, if you think about you know, uh, talking to financial companies or any company that actually holds consumer information, you know, corporations recognize the liability they face with data leakage, right? And so personally identifiable information is a huge security risk, right? It's, and you hear all the time about you know, consumer information being leaked onto the dark web, and there's a lot of liability. And so you know, there's a, a use case where you can actually have uh, what we call like a, a consumer qualification token, right? As an example. So a customer, a consumer goes through a qualification process, their information is collected, they're qualified by the company, and then that information is firewalled. And then internal product teams only get a token. And they can trust that token on the blockchain. If you have multiple product teams, they can see what level of qualification the customer has based on the token, and they can offer them products, goods, and services based on that token without ever having to touch their identifiable information. Right. And the security operations team can tightly lock that information down without it leaking out within the organization. And 
this is hugely important from a, you know, from a SOX compliance perspective, from SSAE compliance perspective, right? Really, really having tight constraints and really limiting your risk and exposure around your customer information there is, is a huge value proposition for customers. You know, those are two simple examples. What, what about uh, quality control? You brought up the example of, of Metacask, and I know there's a whole secondary market out there for folks who, who make whiskey, and now there's even you know um, you know bourbon barrel beers that are out there, and there's this whole secondary market for for actually getting you know casks that used to be used to contain one one product and now use, using for another. I mean, can it just made me think? Can can blockchain also be used for for quality control along the process of bringing a product to market? Absolutely. So we are actually working on a use case right now that uses IoT devices to track the transmission of, you know, temperature sensitive products right across the supply chain. And so the IoT device actually, you know, registers its data on the blockchain. And then upon receipt at the destination, the purchaser can now validate whether or not they want to accept an individual crate or not, depending on what the device is reported for that crate. And so they get, you know, they're willing to pay for this product because they're getting product that they can trust, right? Because there is health and safety issues associated with these products. Obviously they're degradable, biodegradable in some format, right? So there's a liability that they're reducing and they can also only pay for the product that they know is high quality. And so um, this is exactly the kind of use cases that are being built and, you know, integrating IoT devices with blockchain is also, you know, a super interesting area that we're going to be delving into. We have a key partnership with WiseKey, which is one of the largest security uh, providers uh, out there, um, and they specialize in you know IoT devices uh, to secure uh, items. So, looking forward to that as well. Uh, absolutely, and I, and I will say we, we you know, kudos to both of us. We made it this far, and we haven't used the word disruptor yet. But um, <laughs> that, that whole that whole industry about quality control that what you just described is a disruptor to it to an industry for sure, and uh, that's really really interesting. Okay, so let's say I'm a CIO and you know you, you've got me convinced. Sign me up for for blockchain. What are the barriers to entry, and and maybe what are the first things I need to do in order to to get started down that path, if anything? Gosh, well, if you're interested in learning more about blockchain, is I'm obviously going to give us a plug and say, give us a call. Right, we're here to help. <laughs> <laughs> right, absolutely. Many organizations are struggling with how blockchain could potentially fit into their enterprise. They're really looking for use cases, right? And so there's a lot of information out there to help you, you know, understand what kind of use cases could be possible for your business, right? Um, and with a lot of blockchains, the things that you need to be really aware of is that there could be a lot of friction points, right? From lack of support to custom programming languages to the old blockchain thinking that blockchains would tear out and replace. And none of this is true, right? Like with the technology that we've built, for example, you can add blockchain to your stack without disrupting operations. So, and then it, you you made me think of the the security aspect of it, right? So, um, we've definitely covered how I can simplify, streamline, accelerate, you know, many, many of the basic functions of of modern business. But does a company's you know security profile need to take on uh, you know something something very new when they're implementing blockchain? You don't necessarily have to implement public blockchain, right? So you can implement a private blockchain that's firewalled off and meets your security criteria. You can do that with the Casper protocol. You can also 
tap into the security of the public protocol, right? So you can imagine that every time there's a certain number of transactions that are registered to your private protocol, you can then kind of phone home and register the outcome of those transactions on the public Casper protocol. This is a unique you know, value proposition that we can offer because we have a public protocol that these private inst- installations can tap into. And because the data is all cryptographically hashed, right? You can get some guarantees about the source of the data, but you're not exposing the data itself. So from a security perspective, it's quite compliant, right? It's very possible to send information outside of a firewall and get a guarantee back without really compromising your stacks or your system whatsoever. So I think there's there's definitely deployments that'll work um, for a variety of different security concerns. And you know, implementing blockchain technology can also give you a lot of guarantees about who did what, right? Something as simple as the issuing of employee cards, right? If if you want some guarantees around, you know, when an employee card was issued, when it was deprovisioned, even putting those kinds of key fob issuance on the blockchain will give you some guarantees around when somebody was onboarded and when they were offboarded. So you can secure, you know, your access to your sites even more, right? The security guarantees, the security properties of a public blockchain protocol significantly higher than technology that is run just in a given organization because it's not subject to these kinds of white hackers or even black hat hackers, right, that that are looking to try to steal the value off the public protocol. That is very interesting. Okay, now we're going to look into the crystal ball. We're 10 years down the road and we're looking back. Where will we be? What is the story of blockchain? You know, what does that that world look like and what does the ecosystem look like? Who's using it and who's not? I I do like to, you know, kind of live in the future a little bit and and kind of imagine imagine a new world. I feel like that's my role in the space is to be a thought leader here, right? So, what I love to see is like a brand new class of transactions known as consumer to consumer, right? Right now, we, are no, we know B2B and we have B2C, but I see a whole new class of C2C transactions where you no longer need a central entity to, to negotiate a transaction, right? And you can think about decentralizing something like Uber or decentralizing Airbnb or a decentralized you know, fruit and vegetable marketplace, right, where I can I find somebody in my local area that maybe has more lemons than I need lemons and I can just walk up the street and it can be a crypto transaction and I can discover this and transact with this person, it all happens via the blockchain, right? So this notion of kind of bringing things back home to the original barter system or community, right, where you don't need these large central entities in order to transact economic value. You can do it just using the blockchain. Um, I hope that our regulators will provide us clarity um, on the treatment of crypto assets um, to enable all these wonderful things to happen. Um, and yeah, I would love to see greater adoption of public blockchain, right? And financial services um, as well. Yeah. So th- this is kind of like what I see. I don't know if it's 10 years. It might be longer than 10 years, maybe 20 years, but uh, I definitely see it coming. Let's close out with some advice for our listeners. If they're they're still not sure, or maybe they just want to explore you know, blockchain applications a bit more, um, what do you think they could do? Where, where should they be going to find out more information or reading or, or learning about just to uh, to start you know, educating themselves? Because a lot of people are like, well, I'm not going to propose this until I feel very comfortable with it myself. So um, how does somebody get up to speed? There's a lot of reading material available on blockchain, right? There's a lot of news around cryptocurrency and blockchain applications. Um, you can go to a lot of the websites for companies like ourselves and others in the space and read up on their white papers and their use cases to see if there's a use case that fits you. Um, you can also, because it is open source, you can actually spin up a small pilot team if they wanted to spend, you know, do a quick hackathon within your organization and say, hey, 
go ahead and, you know, download the Casper node and let's go ahead and spin up a small network and play with it, right? And your developers would be thrilled to do this, right? So it's a great opportunity for them to learn as well as for you and your team to explore the possibilities of it. Of course, there's always the Bitcoin white paper, right? Which started everything. Um, but that's more about cryptocurrency, but it will talk about the underlying technology as well and how it works. Meta Parakar, CTO and co-founder of Casper Labs. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. Turns out blockchain isn't so complicated, at least not conceptually. Thanks to Meta's blockchain black belt expertise and patient teaching, I could confidently say that blockchain seems to be here to stay. And I think we've learned enough concrete tips for anyone to be able to get started on their enterprise journey if they haven't already. I can't wait to see what Meta and Casper Labs works on next. And I'm so excited for the future that Meta's painted for us, all powered by blockchain. Thanks for listening to this episode of Innovation Heroes. It's official. We've made it to the end of season three. Thank you to all our dedicated listeners for coming along for the ride. We're taking a short break, but don't worry, Innovation Heroes will be back in a few months for season four. So if you haven't already, subscribe now so you'll be the first to hear when a new episode comes out. Until we return, keep innovating, heroes. If you enjoyed this episode, then consider being our hero. Smash that like and subscribe button to Innovation Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. Innovation Heroes is a Pilgrim content production in collaboration with SHI. Our producers are Tobin Dalrymple and Jessica Schmidt, with production assistance from Carmi Levy, Amanda Sheffer-Cavanaugh, and Ryan Wetter. I'm your host, Ed McNamara. This episode of Innovation Heroes is brought to you by the LastPass Identity Management Security Solution and the new go-to IT tools making IT easy. Start doing more with less. Visit lastpass.com and go to.com to learn more.